Welcome back. It's time for another chapter in our discography review series. And this time we're uh, going to focus on one of Extreme Metal's most influential acts and easily the best of the so-called Thrash Big Four. We're talking about the Mighty Slayer. So as with all of our discography reviews, uh, we only cover original material full-length albums. So no EPs, no live, uh, no compilations, no cover albums, anything like that. Although we will cheat a little bit in Slayer's case, as you'll hear later. So as usual, our goal is to keep this under one hour, incorporating tracks along the way so you get a feel for the change in the band's sound over time. And we'll uh, attack this chronologically. The Slayer story starts in 1983 with their debut album, Show No Mercy. So we immediately have the band united here, uh, Tom Araya on bass and confrontational vocals. We got Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman on death-defying guitars, uh, while Wonder Kid Dave Lombardo pummels the drum kit. Uh, we also had Brian Slagle uh, of Metal Blade fame um, uh, producing the album. So I distinctly remember hearing this for the first time. Uh, I was at a concert at the Elma Combo waiting for Anvil to appear, and uh, there was a, a table of guys that had a, a ghetto blaster, and they put this album on, uh, Show No Mercy, and immediately I knew, that, wow, what the hell is this? I uh, immediately understood that this was an intensification to the power of extreme metal while retaining a high skill level, <laughs> unlike the Venoms of the time. Uh, so the next day I raced out to our beloved record peddler to purchase the damn thing as a new record, and I've been a Slayer fan ever since. So this initial uh, Slayer blight uh, uh, was the most traditionally bent of records in the Slayer discography. Uh, really, it's, it, it's a hybrid between speed metal and uh, thrash metal. Uh, so uh, altogether, it's it's a merciless, searing attack of of extreme might that uh, that opened the eyes of the possibilities of extreme uh, metal. And in fact, uh, when I reach for Slayer, I most often reach for Show No Mercy, the debut, um, because of uh, its accessibility, uh, the excitement and youth uh, and energy obvious in this thing. And of course, I've played uh, Rain and Blood to Death. Uh, so highlights, I would say every damn track, but if I had to point to faves, uh, they'd be the opener, Evil Has No Boundaries, uh, that immediately screamed, listen to this, uh, <laughs> that's team shouted, Evil, admonishments. Um, then we also have the quintessential speed of the final command and the colluding, uh, concluding marauding uh, title track that warned of uh, the future mayhem that would follow. Uh, weaknesses, none. This is a classic 10 out of 10. Uh, so let's listen to the title track. Attack those that know in their face 
as I said before, normally we don't cover EPs in our discography reviews, uh, but I have added one in, in uh, Slayer's case due to the relatively small number of full uh, full lengths that the band has, uh, as well as the significance of this EP. Uh, so one year after Show No Mercy, uh, the debut, the band jettisons all speed metal leanings and uh, transforms into a fully-fledged thrash metal band. We're talking about 1984's Haunting the Chapel, uh, where Bill Matorier uh, takes over the production chair, uh, providing more professional uh, heaving sound for the band. So the opening statement, Chemical Warfare, uh, was to become uh, one of the band's signature tracks, Araya really leaning vocally into the evil lyrics here. And then elsewhere we had uh, Captor of Sin, which furthered the cause in elevating the band into the realms of the, the most vile of bands. And while the uh, title track slowed things down, getting heads banging uh, before they press on the gas again for a, a really lecherous conclusion. So once again, the band hits it out of the park. I call this a classic 10 out of 10. I know it's only three, three songs, an EP, but definitely uh, a classic EP. Got to pick it up. So let's listen to the title track. <laughs> Anticipation goes up on the dead. Hell at sea, 
Out comes Hell Awaits, uh, and this album cover uh, is one of my faves of all time. I, I remember gazing at it endlessly while listening to the album uh, repeatedly. It, it was the picture. It was as if the picture was being brought to life, you know, <laughs> ripping him intestines, people screaming in horror forever. It, it's just an amazing cover and matches the music uh, properly. So here the band stretch out their musical muscles, uh, creating uh, longer tracks uh, that challenge the listener as they gleefully uh, spewed, spewed out their heaving violente music. Uh, it's almost progressive, uh, riffs darting in and out. Uh, and, uh, you know, here is an, uh, an album that loudly declared, we are the heaviest band in the, on the planet in uh, all bowed in agreement or fear. So again, no weak spots here. We're talking another 10 out of 10, um, all representing uh, Slayer at their most adventurous. 
Uh, from a favorites perspective, I would say the slow build of the title track, um, along with the following uh, two tracks, uh, the uncontrolled desire of Killigan, uh, the vampire opus at dawn they sleep. Uh, so let's listen to the uh, the vile storytelling of Necrophiliac. <laughs>
Next up, the greatest extreme metal of all time, and one of the top three albums of all time, in in my opinion, along with Sabbath's uh, Volume 4 and ACDC's Let There Be Rock. We're talking about 1986's Rain and Blood, of course. Uh, so while Hallowates seemed to try hard to impress, uh, Rain and Blood, on the other hand, hand uh, comes across as if the band's saying, this is us, like it or, or leave it. Um, so taking over production chair is Rick Rubin, uh, who provides the band with its uh, best sound uh, to date, uh, and uh, Raya's vocal admonishment straight up the middle. Uh, perfect, perfect for this uh, release. It's under 30 minutes in length, but every damn second of it is legendary, uh, and uh, it will forever be Extreme Metal's Bible, I, I would suggest. Uh, its importance is reflected in, in how its sound is pervaded into countless bands uh, that followed and continue to follow even 34 years later. You still hear it in, in, um, in, in uh, records coming out today. Uh, so I'm not even going to try and pick uh, fave tracks. Every, every single one of them is worthy of your uh, uh, fear and devotion. Uh, but let's listen to Epidemic. ends what I'm going to call the untouchable years, a four-year reign where no other band came close to generating the same level of excitement uh, within the extreme underground. And we're going to enter into what I will call the quote-unquote cracks begin to appear years. 
Uh, Slayer's still a dominant force, but other acts were beginning to match their legendary intensity. The first album in this era is 1988's South of Heaven. So, of course, the question being, what the hell do you do to follow up an unqualified legendary platter? Uh, in Slayer's case, they decide to throw in some velocity change-ups, uh, wisely knowing that they wouldn't be able to match the intensity of Rain and Blood. Uh, there's still some high-velocity stuff, of course, here. There's uh, uh, Silent Scream, Ghosts of War, and the less successful Cleanse the Blood. Uh, but here, Ruben places Lombardo uh, front and center, uh, making sure that the slower tempo tracks sound thunderous and dangerous. Uh, one of the best drum performances uh, on an extreme metal album ever. Uh, so this album would be a victory by any other band, uh, but after the devastating rain and blood, there's an unwarranted uh, vague sense of disappointment or commercialism uh, surrounding this disc. Um, they were no longer untouchable. Uh, it was like the initial realization that Mike Tyson could actually lose a bout. Um, but 30 plus years later, though, uh, there's no doubting that South of Heaven is, is still a heaving display of muscular might. I give this a 9 out of 10. So let's listen to Silent Scream.
two years later in 1990, out comes Seasons in the Abyss. Uh, so uh, kicking off with the pugnacious war ensemble, uh, this was seen by most as a return to the speedy form of Rain and Blood. Uh, I, on the other hand, uh, disagree. I've always looked this uh, looked at this as being uh, really South of Heaven Part Two, uh, sharing its use of mixed tempos and drama to make its point. Uh, sure, you could argue that the fast ones are marginally better than what you found on South of Heaven, uh, but I found the slower ones a little derivative uh, compared to what South of Heaven provided. Uh, this is where, in my mind, we started to hear Slayer sounding like themselves rather than evolving. Uh, still a strong album, I'd give it an 8 out of 10, uh, but it is not as godlike like their predecessors. Let's listen to Spirit in Black. <laughs> Inferno! 
years later in 1994, out comes Divine Intervention. So uh, out is drummer extraordinaire Dave Lombardo, uh, here replaced by ex-forbidden Exodus dude uh, Paul Bostoff. So highlights in here uh, include the pummeling opener Killing Fields, the speed-metaled Mind Control, and the two punk blasts of Sex, Murder, Art, and Ditto Head. Uh, however, compared to the previous seasons and the best, uh, the album is more consistent in my mind. Uh, the band seemingly more committed to blowing back our hair like the days of old. However, the production on, uh, or the mix here is a little muted compared to seasons, uh, a slight step backwards in sound. So overall, call it a tie on the scorecard. It's another 8 out of 10. Uh, let's listen to Ditto Head. ends the cracks begin to appear years and then we're entering into the living off their laurels years as i call it uh so called because hey come on let's be honest there was only five albums uh in 21 years uh before they called it a day uh not that many albums the first of those albums was 1998's diabolus and musica uh so the downtune sawing bitter peace signaled a change to the band's core sound um, seemingly allowing the then current new metal uh, uh, in vogue sound to invade, uh, which was uh, up until then a sound that was uniquely Slayer. 
So the new sound didn't do the band any favors, but uh, uh, the songs didn't help either. Uh, you know, the sound dulled the renowned Killing Edge that is Slayer, and the songs were were uh, more experimentative, uh, but really not the, the uh, very interesting, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, for the first time, you could uh, this could have been any an album by any good aggressive heavy metal band. Uh, King was even later to uh, call this album their Turbo. <laughs> uh, there are some positives though uh, you know this is a band that can be counted on to provide at least a few classic kernels with every release uh, and here those would be the escalating scrum uh, the bloodied point and the rhythmic stain of mind um, that all said uh, Diablos and Musica is the worst album in my opinion of, of the Slayer uh, repertoire uh, but let's listen to Stain of Mind
that was Stain of Mine from uh, Diabolus and Musica, which I give a 6 out of 10 to. Uh, so moving three years later into the 2000s, it's 2001's God Hates Us All. Uh, so improved sound here, uh, supplied by new producer Matt Hyde, who takes over for Rick Rubin, uh, who'd held the role since uh, Rain and Blood. Highlights include the opener Disciple, uh, the Vicious Exile, and the, and the punishing conclusion of Payback. Uh, problem though is that there's no sign of gross and, uh, growth and uh, worse, I, there's a relatively small number of classics here. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the balance of the tracks, but put them against the early Slayer material and it's obvious that the best days were behind them. I'd give this album a 6.5. Uh, let's listen to Payback. Later in 2006, out comes Christ Delusion, 
Uh, we find the original four members are back together again. Uh, Lombardo returning to the drum throne uh, once uh, Bostoff has uh, been filled by an, uh, felled by an injured arm. Also, uh, Don Kale takes over on production duties. Now here, this sounds like Slayer. Uh, not like Slayer trying to sound like Slayer, if you get my drift. Uh, you know, Araya sounds pissed and possessed. Uh, the riffs sound jagging, and Lombardo sounds like Lombardo. Uh, not sure that there's a drummer that's more important to a band than he is to Slayer, in my opinion. Uh, so highlights here include Flesh Storm, which refers back to their heyday. Um, the Intense Conspiracy, uh, the Rumbling Black Serenade, and the Anti-Religion uh, Cult. Uh, to me, this is a return to form album for the band. I give this a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, let's listen to Catalyst.
Painted Blood was issued three years later in 2009 uh, with Greg Fiddleman uh, producing. So that's the third different pr uh, producer in three albums, if you're counting. Uh, bottom line here is, though, uh, that we continue the forward progression that was shown on Christ Illusion. Uh, this one containing a welcome punk vibe and, and more classics. Uh, so the highlights I would point to were, would be the headbang title track and hate worldwide, uh, the slang unit 731, and the speed metaled uh, snuff and psychopathy red. Uh, altogether, I would uh, call this an 8 out of 10. Uh, let's listen to psychopathy red. years later, two years after original guitarist Hanneman passes away from uh, liver failure, Slayer returned with Gary Holt of Exodus fame sharing lead guitar uh, duties with King. And additionally, Paul Bostoff has uh, once again uh, taken over from Lombardo. And further, uh, uh, continuing the production musical chairs, Terry Date um, is now uh, the producer on what would prove to be the band's swan song. We're talking about 2015's Repentless. So obviously all didn't bode well considering the extent of the personnel changes and the lengthy layoff, but uh, Slayer rise up to the challenge here uh, with a 10-minute opening worthy of their legend. 
Uh, you know, they includes a short uh, foreboding instrumental, which leads perfectly into Slayer's best track since the glory years, the, the uncompromising title track, uh, which is then quickly followed by the speed metal Take Control. So a great 10-minute opening statement, to be sure. Uh, while not quite being able to reach the peak the rest of the way, uh, Repentless does have some other uh, highlights in the form of the alcohol-doomed uh, tale Chasing Death, uh, the torturous atrocity vendor, uh, there was You Against You and, and Implode, uh, the latter where uh, Araya, uh, Araya demonically uh, screams the title until it's seared into your brain. So another strong Slayer record here, uh, deserving of another 8 out of 10 rating. Uh, bottom line, if you're a Slayer fan, this will sit comfortably in your record collection. Uh, so let's listen to Take Control. <laughs>
So that's it. Slayer's discography reviewed in under one hour as promised. So until next week, have a great one. Uh, and remember to check out our website, www.themightydecibel.com. Have a great one.